Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. Brethren, if you see the logo on your computer that says Intel Inside, uh, there are restrictions around how that logo can be used. It says, Intel, the Intel Inside logo, whenever it appears, the following footnote must also appear. Quote, Intel Inside and the Intel Inside logo are trademarks of the Intel Corporation in the U.S. and or other countries. Whenever the Intel Inside brand appears, the following footnote must also appear. Intel Inside is a trademark of the Intel Corporation in the U.S. and other countries. As with all of the trademarks, the Intel Inside trademark should be used as an adjective and not as a noun. This means that an appropriate and approved noun must accompany the trademark. See the above list of approved nouns, etc., etc. So there are a lot of restrictions around how you can use Intel Inside uh, because they want you to know when you have a computer, if it has that logo Intel Inside, it's authentic, and it really does have an Intel chip inside. I think you've probably figured out that I'm not here to talk about Intel, at least not that Intel. I do want to talk about computer chips, and I do want to talk about Intel inside, but I want to speak specifically about human beings and the intelligence that we have and the fundamental doctrine of the church that there is a spirit in man. Let's go to Genesis 2, verse 7 to begin. This is one of our fundamental doctrines, and yet very few people understand this. Genesis 2, and in verse 7, the scripture says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So so man was fashioned out of the earth, out of clay. And then when the man was fashioned, he breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. So God first fashioned him out of the earth, then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and that animated the man. And and the earth came alive in the form of God. Now, the breath of life was not the only thing that God put inside the man. Look at Job chapter 32. Job 32 and verse 8, it says, But there is a spirit in man. So it doesn't say, Genesis 2 says the man became a soul. The man became a soul. Job 2 says there's a spirit in the soul. So, So the man is a living soul, and inside this living soul, is a spirit, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. And so this is the explanation when you look at Adam and Eve. If we we could rewind the tape 
and see what happened in the garden, we would see this creature called Adam and another creature or creation called Eve, and their intellect would be vastly superior to the animals in the garden. Except, of course, the serpent, which was Satan. The explanation for that difference in intellect is because of this spirit that's inside man. This spirit not only uh, gives us our personality, it gives us our intelligence. So it combines with the physical brain and the mind, and it's what empowers the mind to think. And everything that we do as human beings that animals cannot do is empowered by this spirit in us. The spirit is not us. It's in us. We, we are a living soul with a spirit inside us. It's like electricity that activates our, our mind. Look now at Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 21, the preacher says, Who knows the spirit of man that goes upward and the spirit of the beast that goes downward to the, to the, to the earth? So man is a living soul, a nephesh. Animals are living souls. But there's a difference. When, when, when the animal dies, and we had a wonderful dog, uh, Kenya, just a beautiful dog. And I've got to ask myself, will Kenya be in the resurrection? Uh, she was just such a beautiful soul. And the scripture here says no. She's had her life. She was nephesh. And so she needed air and food, chemicals to keep her alive. And at the end of that life, her spirit, and she did have a spirit, but it was an animal spirit, it went into the ground, nephesh. But with man, it's different. Because the spirit inside, not only does it empower us to think like human beings and communicate and have intellect, it also serves as a recording. And scientists know that subconsciously, every single thing we do, everything we see, everything we hear is recorded. And they have ways that they can hypnotize people or uh, through electromagnetism, stimulate certain parts of the mind, and memories that were forgotten come back in detail. So it's all recorded. And it's like that thumb drive where you can put data on the drive. But the drive has no personality. It has no computing power. It needs to be plugged into a computer for that data to come alive. So all of this recording, it's like our mold. And it's what God uses to resurrect us. So he can bring us back to physical life or he can bring us to spirit life. But he does that with the spirit that is inside. So when we die, that spirit goes back to God's library where it is stored and waiting for our resurrection. Look at chapter 12. Just to reinforce this, he says it again in chapter 12. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. Man was made from dust. He goes back to the dust. But something else happens when man dies. The spirit shall return unto God who gave it. 
So, so God gives this spirit. He, he made man in his image. And then he puts inside us this spirit that enables us to think on a vastly different level than animals. And he does that so that we can have a relationship with him, so that we can know him. So this spirit gives us intelligence. Look at Zechariah 12, verse 1. It says, The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, says the Lord, which stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. So again, over and over again, the scripture tells us that there is a spirit inside man. That spirit gives us our intelligence. And it's phenomenal. But what we have to realize, brethren, is that that spirit is not enough. That spirit is not enough because it's easy for Satan to hijack us, to hijack our intellect and use it for his own purposes. So just because man is intellectual, that doesn't mean he's good. In fact, our spirit, since the fall of Adam, leans toward Satan. Look at Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. A passage we're familiar with, but let's just read it in this context of God fashioning man out of clay, becoming a living soul, but then inside this living soul, unlike the, the animal living souls, inside this living soul, he puts a spirit. That spirit enables us, empowers us to think on a whole new level. But notice this in Ephesians 2, chapter, uh, verse 1 to 3. And you, has he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We, we were committed to trespasses and sins. Even though we're intelligent, something about us just leans towards trespass and sin. We're in time past, before he made us alive in Christ, in, the, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. So this world is on a course. We remember in Revelation chapter 12 and 20, we heard three times, Satan deceives the whole world. That's what he does. So the whole, the whole world is on a course of deception. So the intellect can be hijacked and operate in, in a manner that's against God. According to the prince of the power of the air, he, he has control. He's the chief of this power of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, that that human spirit is working inside us so that the way we think our imagination is evil continually. That's, that's what the human being is. Among whom also, we all had our conduct or conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. The human mind by itself, leans toward evil. And you can sit down, brethren, with some really intelligent people. As you're talking to them, and the intellect is coming out of their mouth and hitting your ears, you're like, wow, this person is really intelligent. 
And what motivates them is their ego. They do things to be seen of men. And so this is, this is evil, and it leads to evil, and the imagination is evil, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So as by ourselves, we are children of wrath. The Spirit gives us intelligence. That intelligence is there so that we can communicate with God. God gave us this spirit so that we can operate on a level unlike animals who just get up and perform their bodily functions because that's how they're wired. We have intelligence. And we can actually think about the world we're in, think about our place in the world, think about history and prophecy, the future, and actually make a decision that, you know what? I can't, this, all of this can't be here just for my fancy. There must be a purpose to life. And there must be a creator. And who is he? And what does he want? And how do I fulfill his expectations? That's why the spirit is in us, so that we ask these questions, reach out to God, and develop a relationship with him. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. To see the need for the Holy Spirit. And I, brethren, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, I, brethren, came to you not with excellency of speech or wisdom. That's, that's what the intellects want. They want excellency of speech. It stimulates the mind. Paul didn't come like that. He came declaring unto us the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should stand in the, not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. So you need the Holy Spirit to recognize the wisdom of the scriptures. Otherwise, it's nonsense. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. So all the intellects of this world and their power comes to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. It doesn't matter how smart they are. It doesn't matter how great they are. If they only have the spirit in man, their intellect is limited. They don't have spiritual intellect. We need the Holy Spirit working with our spirit to give us spiritual intellect so that the, the mystery of God actually makes sense to us. None of the princes of this world. So you, we're looking up to these people, and Paul is saying they don't know anything. They're spiritually retarded. You could say the, the, the most powerful intellect is spiritually backward. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Or we could say, or his children. And the greatest intellects of this world will crucify and, and persecute his children. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, 
the human spirit is not enough. We need his spirit to understand these things. And then it drops down and it says, the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God. So they just, they refuse it. For they are foolishness unto him. So you can speak to the smartest person and they think you're an idiot because you're quoting scripture. But you speak to someone who has the Holy Spirit and they get it. It all makes sense. It's, it's very fulfilling to understand the mysteries of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. It's impossible with the human spirit. Because they, you need the Holy Spirit. They are spiritually discerned. And then, brethren, let's uh, conclude in 1 Corinthians 15. This is why when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he says, you must be born again. Why? Because you're born of clay. You've got spirit inside, but you're born of clay. And then he says, you know, Nicodemus asks, what do you mean? He says, well, when you're born again, you're like the wind. You, can, you, you go by and people know that you came from somewhere and you're going somewhere, but they can't see you. Why? Because that spirit in you is your recording, it's your mold. In the resurrection, instead of making you out of clay, God makes you out of that very same spirit that's in you. So that ruach, that pneuma that's in you, instead of being a nefesh, you will be a ruach. You'll be a pneuma. You'll have soma pneumatikos. The spirit that's in you, that same substance will now be your body. And you'll move like the wind. That's what that means. And so we see it here in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in 39. All flesh is not the same flesh. There's one kind of flesh of man, another of beasts. Then he drops down and he starts to talk about the celestial bodies. But then he says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. So out of clay, he became nephesh. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are we also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, Christ would just appear and disappear because he was made out of pneuma. Or I should say he is made out of pneuma. Such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we also shall bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. So brethren human being, when you look at the creation and you see this vast difference between animals and humans, it's because humans have intel inside. That spirit that God has put in man. That vast difference between animals and humans, there is a bigger difference between humans and the children of God. Because we don't just have the spirit inside, we have the Holy Spirit inside. 
So I think we need to come up with some kind of logo that says Intel squared inside. Romans 8.16 says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. So there's two spirits that are at operation, that we are the children of God. This has been a podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. We hope you are blessed by it. To find out more about CGI Burlington, visit our website at cgiburlington.org.